came across this quote by C.S. Lewis that sounded disgusting. I'm sorry that I said it like that. I was looking at grief quotes because that's all I do. It's not like I came across it. I was searching because I like to say things my own way, but there are times that people say it better than me. Duh. And C.S. Lewis says it real good. This is what C.S. Lewis says. He says, part of every misery is, so to speak, the misery's shadow or reflection. The fact that you don't merely suffer, but have to keep on thinking about the fact that you suffer. I not only live each endless day in grief, but I live each day thinking about living each day in grief. Hey, CS. You fucking nailed it. That's exactly it. A month or so ago, I was trying to explain this to my sister, who listens to the podcast, and she was like, she's like, I like listening to it because it's like a window into your thoughts, but it's also a reminder to me that while I can turn it on and off, it being her grieving and missing Alan, for the most part, I could turn it on and off. You can't. And it's like the most accurate thing. I've described it as a full-time job that I now work nights, weekends, overtime. I'm doing it. Because it doesn't stop because your perspective is consistently changing and you're constantly viewing the world through this new lens. And maybe it will slow down as I get older and things stop being fresh. But everything has to go through this filter. Everything that I'm experiencing has to now get siphoned into the Janine grieving person that I am. So yeah, I've eaten eggs before, but have I eaten eggs? So sad thinking about Alan, you know? That's the trickiest part is I'm constantly thinking about my sadness. I can hear y'all being like, so don't then. <laughs> and yeah, I do hear that valid point, solid, solid point. But I can't help it because if I forget or choose to not do it, then it makes me feel like I haven't done it enough. Like I'm not really sad about Alan. Just wallowing in it isn't enough for me because I can't do anything about the fact that he died. So to me, processing and analyzing and experiencing and filtering and gathering data, all of that is work that I feel like I owe to Alan and owe to myself and owe to anyone who's lost anybody because I think it's really important work to do. Um, grieving is like not something we do well as a society. The amount of people that have died over the course of the world's existence were pretty fucking bad at dealing with it. We close the door to the room where the dead people live and we move through it. And that's if you have not experienced the loss yourself. That's everyone else. The people who have experienced it can't possibly. The door won't shut. So that's their burden to bear or joy to have, what, however they want to feel about it. But... The rest of the world pretends it doesn't happen or thinks that like putting, plastering a big smile on your face is the answer. It's not the, I mean, and, and that's no one's fault. We just, we just haven't been raised to be sad. 
and that it's okay to be sad. But I don't know who came up with the idea that being happy is the default state of being when it's something none of us are. It's putting us in this box that we can't ever, like it's literally the American dream, right? I'm thinking of like fucking Arthur Miller. Like we try to achieve happiness, right? Think about Beyonce, Miss Third Ward. What is your aspiration in life? She says to be happy. <laughs> right? Everyone's trying to be happy. Very few people ad admit to achieving it. Even if you are happy in one part of your life, there's something else that is, is, is lacking, right? I'm happy in my marriage, but my job sucks. Or I'm happy with my kids, but like I can't get my wife to listen to me, you know? <laughs> so why, why would we ignore this feeling that is innately in us? This sad, frustrated, all the negative emotions. But they're not negative, because without them, we don't know what true happiness is. You can't possibly feel happy unless you felt sad. In fact, the sadness has to be there for the happiness to exist. They are one thing. I'm going to be real honest here, and I almost just started crying thinking about it because I'm really tired. I have felt at moments of true, true happiness since Alan died. And that feels really awful to say. But I don't know that I could have understood it because happiness doesn't mean fulfilled, I mean, it doesn't filled, right? It doesn't mean whole. You can be happy and have something missing. I think we think of happiness as like a full jug of water. And if one little drop spills out, well, then we, can, we're not be, we can't be fully happy. But I can be a broken ass jug that finally got some water to stay in it and feel what that feels like, right? Like my jug has cracks out the wazoo cracks up and down the side, but for the first time the water isn't leaking out, and now, now my, like, hello, my jug's been through it. It's like, my jug understands a level of happiness that this brand-ass new jug over here doesn't know the meaning of the word. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to take sadness out of the equation, to take, like, negative emotions, quote-unquote negative emotions, to take misery out of it, is to take the full weight of the word. I just smacked my pillow so hard. And this is and this is what I mean when I say that I'm thinking about it constantly. I'm trying to I'm trying to navigate something that shouldn't have happened to me, right? And I'm trying to navigate it well for my own sanity. I'm also trying to navigate it because I think it's important. I think that the culture needs to change. And because I don't think it applies to people who've just lost somebody. I think it applies to people in the world. Like I can think of so many of my, my friends and family who could benefit from understanding that sadness is a part of life. And it doesn't have to be triggered by trauma or anything that's like overwhelmingly horrific. It can just exist. Like you can just have it alongside your happiness or alongside your emotions that you feel anger lust I mean I actually I that's a whole different thing I don't I don't know that grief and lust can exist at the same time I'm working on it that's another one of my TED talks <laughs> that'll be another episode 
because I think about it all the time. And that's my point is that it's, it's, it's the equivalent of a homeland bill, uh, not billboard, a uh, wall, you know, with all the thumbtacks and the strings and the circled black and white photos of a man looking behind him like those. That's my brain now. It's my brain anyway. I love to think and analyze and critique. I mean, that's always been the way that I have been. And the person who really helped me do that was Alan. Which is why when they say the worst part about losing someone is the person you want to talk about it most with is the person who's dead. Now, that could just be like, you want what you can't have. But for real, for real in my situation, I wish I could fucking talk to him about it. Not about his death in particular, but death. We never really talked about death all that much because we were 30 like hello I would have my moments of like getting real dark but like he just could talk about something all like too to death <laughs> mm. and I love that about him we could talk for hours about one tiny topic and I have a lot of I have people who I can do that with like I, I do that with my mother I do that with my family I'm lucky that I have very kind of analytical thinkers in my orbit but I'm not done thinking and sometimes people are like okay I want a break I feel like he never want Alan never wanted a break and I sometimes would and now I'm like taking on the Alan part of him and wanting to talk about this with anyone who can listen um and I want to get their thoughts on it because it's just so fascinating to me that we that we don't discuss it at all if you haven't suffered the loss of somebody I would just want like how many freaking books do you know about it or how many people do you know like I could give you names now of people that I know who are big proponents of grieving in public or grieving in a in a quote unquote normal way, healthy way. I don't I wouldn't have known those people. Maybe I'm just not smart or worldly. But like I have books on books on books I could tell you about. Things I I did, but I had to do the research. It's not out there. Whereas like, you know, books on women in comedy, right? Like a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, they're out there. Why can't a book on grief be just as popular? Because no one wants to know about it. Because everyone's trying to turn that book around and not have it on the shelf. Why? Because it makes me feel sad. Because it makes me acknowledge something that is inevitably a part of life. That we're all going to fucking deal with sooner or later. Alan's death is the first of many I'm going to experience in my life. Yeah, that's dark. I know. You're all like, wow, Jesus, Janine, pause. I was just trying to have a fucking lunch break. But what's the point of me pretending that's not the case? That's only going to hurt me in the end, I think. Not to say that you should go around thinking it's going to get you. Death is just around the corner. I'm doing Adam's Family right now, and that's a song in it. But that's, like, Adam's Family is this, like, quippy, dark, silly, funny, quirky way of dealing with the sadness and sorrow of life. And it's popular. Not because they're weird and they wear black. Because they experience death with the same joy and vivacity. Vivacity? Vivacity? Anyway, as life. What is it? I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Will. He'll know. <laughs> I'm up at, I was up at 6.30 this morning just thinking about how I think about grief. And C.S. Lewis, you genius, you depressed genius, that's just as hard as grieving is knowing that you're thinking about it. It's exhausting. It's really tiring. I don't want to do it. I would love to not do it. I've said that before. I would love to be able to turn my brain off and just exist. And sometimes I can do that. When I'm with my friends, um, it's easy to just like sit back. But even then, 
even if I'm not openly talking about it, right? And I don't have to be. Please know that. I'm not asking anyone who hangs out with me to come in, like, with your talking points about grief. No. My point is that I can't not let it affect just my being. Like, even just sitting around with friends, I wish Alan were there. I wish he could see me in this situation. I wish he could understand the things that I've gone through since he died. I wish he could see the way that my friends look at me with a new look in their eyes. It's, that's not better or worse. It's just different. It, it, it fills me with a different feeling. The perspective is different. The relationships I have with people are different. I have a different relationship with people I wouldn't have talked to otherwise. You know, like all that stuff I want him to be a part of. I want him to understand. I want him to see it. And if you're one of those people who's like, he's watching. Okay. But I don't see him. And I can't have the conversation with him. I can't debrief. I can't grief brief. Oh, no. I have to have a full day of work, y'all. I have to teach children later. Death is the ultimate catch-22. In that, in order for me to feel the way that I feel and have my brain work the way that it works, I had to experience this. But I wish that the person who died were here so I could explain to them how I'm experiencing this. And the two cannot coexist. It's very philosophical when you think about it, which would have been Alan's jam. He loved existential fucking bullshit. <laughs> he also is super zen. So I think while well, part of him would want to discuss this all day or a day, I also think part of him would have been like, well, we die when we die. Like, yeah, that's all well and good for you, sir. But what about the rest of us who want to have so much anxiety? It gives us a stomach ache. I guess just let the duality exist. Don't think that you have to feel one way or another at any given moment. You are... Listen, listen, you are a pinwheel of emotions and life and vibrancy. You know those like color wheels that you can choose um, in any sort of computer program and you, you don't want just green. You want like a green that looks like a little bit like poop or whatever. I th hate that I just said poop. God. But a mainstream color is not going to do it for you. So you want something a little bit lighter or darker and you go into like that custom guy and there's that little beehive of all these different colors that you choose right that's you you're not just red or green you're all the things and to try and put you into a color is dumb because you're all of them do you hear the pigeons i hope you can hear them they're so mad because i put a stuffed llama outside of my balcony and they don't know what to think because no one's ever seen one that high up that's right not that you need me to tell you what the fuck to do, because what do I know? But I just want to remind you that it is okay to be complex. There is nothing wrong with being emotional, with having tumultuous, conflicting moments within yourself where you don't know what you feel. That doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. And if anyone can't understand that, because they have not evolved enough to get it. Live in the confusion and the multitude that is you. As my stepdad always quotes, I am large, I contain multitudes.
And he doesn't just say it after we've had a large meal. It is, you know, it applies to us as humans. There's something about being complex that feels wrong. And it's not. And that's not to say you can't always lean into an emotion. If you want to just be angry, do it. But won't that feeling feel so much better and richer, more pure, because you've been feeling all these other emotions along with it? Then when you really decide to hone in on anger, ooh, you could fuck some shit up. You've been putting yourself under so much pressure. I'm thinking it's been so long since we got together How let your worries make you feel light as a feather I make you feel better Refresh up, cut off something that's your best.